Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petropolis, along with Michael, the only twin who's back from vacation and better than ever. Oh, yeah. So, Greece, the homeland, European hopping with the girlfriend. This guy looks relaxed. Oh, yeah. I'm tanned. Tanned and ready to go, but he was still doing mock drafts in the middle of Greece and still up on his fantasy. That's how real he is, and we are about to play a little game with you. The game we like to call is, is... What, what, uh, the draft price is right. There you go. The draft price is right. We are going to mention 11 players whose draft price has switched and moved and gone all juggly since the beginning of the season when we started the show. And we are going to ask Michael, hey, where is the earliest you would take this guy? Then we're going to give their actual draft price to see if he's a value or not. We're going to call it the draft price is right. Eat your heart out, Drew Carey. The Brodo Fantasy Podcast begins. I remember when I was a kid and I would stay home sick from school. The Price is Right was a staple in my sick television viewing. The Price is Right, uh, right after Deal or No Deal. See, I, I was never, uh, when I would fake sick, I was never up early enough for Deal or No Deal. Uh, do you see your, hold on, not sleep deal a lot, kid. Not Deal or No Deal. Let's make a deal. Let's, yeah, yeah, Excuse the one me. with Wayne Brady. Well, I'm, see, I, I leave to Europe and I... I disrespect Wayne Brady. When I get back. <laughs> uh, oh man, what's the Deja Bell? Sorry, kid? Wayne. Wayne Brady. Damn it! What does he say? Oh <sighs> man, if you if you remember what he says, please tweet me. That's one of my favorite skits of all time. Yeah, I don't I don't remember, but I know exactly what you're Something talking like, about. Something like Wayne Brady does not give a fuck. Something like that. <laughs> anyway, so we are playing the draft prices right, and for those of you who have never seen the prices right, it's kind of a game where they give you a household appliance or whatever. And then you have to guess what the price is. And if you go over that price, you lose. But if you go under the price and you're the closest, you win. Right? This is going to be a little different. Here I'm going to say a player. And then Michael is going to say where he would draft him around and give the reasons why. Then I'm going to say exactly the same thing where I would draft him around the reasons why. And then I'm going to reveal where he's actually going in the draft. And that's basically going to give a really good indication of whether we feel like these guys are draft values or not going to live up to their draft hype. Michael, bada are you bing, ready? Bottom motherfucking boom. <laughs> to play. The draft price is right. Let's do it, kid. All right. So the first person we have up is a definitely a fan favorite. Uh, came on last year hard out of nowhere. Uh, Martavis Bryant was someone in fantasy circles that had a lot of hype last year. Not for me. But this guy came through and completely destroyed that hype at 19 years old out of Ohio State. Juju Smith-Schuster is our first contestant. So, Michael, what is your draft price? Juju on the beat. Juju's a great guy, first of all. He's mad fun to follow on Twitter. He plays like Fortnite with his fans and shit. It's really cool. He uh, he actually played Fortnite with the dude Ninja, the most popular guy ever. I actually, we follow him on VM for some reason. Because the rest of the guys are so into the video games, man. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm talking about old man when it comes to that he, stuff, man. He played a game with Ninja, Drake, and someone else at the same time. Nice. It's pretty awesome. Star-studded <laughs> event. I'd, I'd like to be playing with them there. But uh, <laughs> Juju was a beast last year. Came on big time in the second half. He started slowly because he wasn't really acclimated in the offense yet only at 102 yards through the first four games weeks five to 80 picked it up had 322 yards during that time a couple touchdowns the 
crunch time weeks is where he really stepped up. Weeks 13 to 16 could have helped you win a championship. 332 yards and two touchdowns. He was a beast in that offense. And uh, I don't see why that changes. Uh, Some people are getting a little scared because James Washington is having a brilliant uh, preseason so far. He He looks like an absolute beast. 158 yards and two touchdowns. He does look like a beast. But, hey, it's not a bad thing that there's another good receiver on that team. If they have Eli Rogers there, who's on the pup, who's probably going to start the season on the pup, but he sucks. No offense to Eli Rogers. He's not very good. <laughs> if he's there, teams aren't going to have to pay attention to him. But if James Washington is there and he continues to play like this, teams are going to have to pay attention to him, which opens up even more space for Juju to work the middle of the field, which he did tremendously last year. You bring up a good point. A lot of people, when they when a teammate comes on, so for example, like a lot of people are talking about draft Chris Hogan, but when Julian Edelman comes on, you want to trade him. For me... You have to look at the team, you have to look at the system, and you have to say, okay, does this take away targets from that guy? Sure. But does it open him up to be more productive on the less targets? Yeah. And I think that, you know, in this case, that's what you're talking about. And I don't even know if it's less targets. You know, he's he's 21 years old. It's it's absurd that he's already, like, this good. I, th- I don't know. I think he's going to be great this year. Uh, I think he's worthy of a high fifth round pick a high fifth round pick so michael bids a high fifth round pick uh i i agree with you michael he's very talented i the the talent of juju smith schuster is not what i have a problem with what i have a problem with is his production now he produces but does it is it replicable so here's what i'm saying when we say opportunity is king in fantasy right we really mean it you're, you need to draft not only talent, you need to draft the opportunity that player is going to have. And usually it's pretty much even where if a player gets the most opportunities, he's going to be the highest scoring player. And if someone gets the 10th most opportunities, he's going to be the 10th highest scoring player. Now, obviously, it doesn't match up completely, but it's basically a roundabout. You would get the same roundabout entrance. Last year, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, was 51st of all wide receivers in opportunities. And he finished as the wide receiver 22. That scares me because that means he was only big plays and it's hard to predict big plays from from year to year and from week to week. And you saw that with the Deshaun Jackson factor. You saw that when Brandon Cooks was in his early days with New Orleans. Right? These are things that are hard to determine for the future. On top of that, Big Ben has only supported a top 16 wide receiver once. I mean, I'm sorry, two top 16 wide receivers once in his entire career. But they've never been that great, the second receiver. Martavis Bryant, he, Look, was, he uh, was a Ben Roethlisberger. He, ben Roethlisberger was a reason why Ward, Martavis Bryant Plasco, Burris, Santonio Holmes. They've had a, a, pl- a plethora well, I'm of I'm talking about receivers. since Antonio Brown became the guy. Okay, okay, that's fair. Since Antonio Brown became the guy, yes, Martavis Bryant has been the best of the bunch. And you see he goes to Oakland now. He's They get, they trade a third-round pick for him, and now he's probably like he's buried on the depth chart, and he's hardly even going to play because he can't even perform there when they spend a third-round pick on him. John Gruden's an idiot. But Juju, he's he was a second-round pick last year. It's not like he was someone they weren't I mean, expecting to have. I mean, same as James Washington, though. And he, he, uh, he's similar to Tyreek Hill in that they're not the same style player. I'm saying, but Tyreek Hill came on as a rookie late, uh, had some monster games. People were wary of him going into the second year, and he exploded last year too. It's funny that you mentioned that because Tyreek Hill is actually this. He, that this is the largest gap 
between targets and production, Tyreek yeah. Hill is the second largest gap. But I mean, and Juju, he even in the two preseason games, he's not playing much in the preseason games because it's preseason. But he already had, he he has two catches and two touchdowns. One of them was a seventy-one yarder where he domed the cornerback. He's he's a great player. I'm a big fan of his. He only started seven games last year, like technically started, and he had nine hundred seventeen yards and seven touchdowns. So. I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick with you now. Although I'm saying the bad things about Juju, if I can get him as my wide receiver three, if I have two two wide receivers ahead of him and two running backs ahead of him, I'm taking him. So I would take him if I was early in the fifth round, even late in the fifth round. I think early fifth round. But let's reveal his actual ADP. Actual ADP is four oh five. Juju Smith Schuster has made it all the way to the fourth round. So according to us, Juju Middle- Smith Schuster, no matter how good he is. Bad value. He's being drafted as a wide receiver, too. That's middle fourth. Middle fourth. I said right I'd go uh, early fifth. You said you'd go early, early fifth. So it's a little so, a little bit. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit more expensive than I would like. But depending on who's there in the fourth, because you never know how your draft is going to fall. True. Uh, middle middle to late fourth, I, I could see myself taking Juju. But it depends who's available. All right. So that is the Juju Smith-Schuster portion. Dun, 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 dun. Now, Probably the best portion, just because <laughs> of his name. Yo, I'm not, honestly, it, when it comes to names, number one in fantasy. Uh, now we're going to be talking about one guy that Michael has loved in the past. I don't know if you still love him, but he used to be your guy. And that's Greg Olson, tight end for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, right now, he is coming off an injury, uh, played at the end of last season, has always been the safety blanket for Cam. So, Michael... Where would you draft Greg Olson? So Greg Olson gets this rap that he's like injury prone, right? He just gets that rap for some reason. He played in one, two, three, four, five, six straight seasons of 16 games before last year. So I don't know where this whole injury thing comes from. Yes, he was hurt last year, but I'm not expecting him. I'm I'm not worrying about an injury this year. If I'm drafting Greg Olson, I'm not drafting him saying I hope he doesn't get hurt. History says he's not likely to get hurt, but he's also 32 years old now. 34 when the season starts. 33 going to be turning 34. 33 when the season starts, I think. I don't know. Whatever. Turning 33. He's for sure going to turn 34 while the season's in play. Okay. Yes. I'll agree with that. (laughs) But what scares me with Greg Olson is that in seven games last year, he had 191 yards. Can I say something? Four catches for 38 yards in three games that he got hurt. That's not one game. <clears throat> That's a bad game. That's four games combined. Yeah. And then after he got hurt, he had one He had one huge game. We'll give him the huge game. But outside of that huge game, four catches for 37 yards in the next two games. Yeah. Dreadful. And I know they, they like to use their tight end in uh, Carolina, but last year we saw that even when Olsen was healthy, he wasn't being used as much. Now they have DJ Moore there. They still have Funches on the outside. Christian McCaffrey looks like his role is going to be Yeah, Christian giant. McCaffrey, he's someone who's going to be moving up my next rankings with the way he's been used so far in the preseason. He's been, I don't, he's been getting drafted in the first round of some mock drafts I've been in. It's yeah, crazy. That's ridiculous. It's crazy I'm not going how, the first round. I mean, second round, you're not getting PPR, out of second round without CMC. PPR, maybe late first, I'd consider it. But like half full PPR, PPR? Full PPR. Half PPR, no. But uh, yeah, I don't really like to look too much into the preseason. I feel like he just clouds judgment because of recency buys a little too much, but not with McCaffrey. I'm I'm buying into the preseason workload. But what scares me with Greg Olson is his super lack of production last year. His catch rate was 44 percent 
it's never been lower than 62 since he joined Carolina. That's that's gross. A yeah. lot of that's to do with Cam's inconsistencies as a, as a passer as well. It but. does, but that's not like that's going to improve this year. True. And he's still going in his drafts as if he's going to be the 1,000-yard producer that he's been the last three years. I don't see that happening. I'd much rather wait for a guy like Kyle Rudolph, who I think will be better this year. Trey Burton, who I think has a great shot of being better this year. Greg Olson's going in like, I don't. Let's see what the ADP says, but I'm pretty sure he's going like the sixth round. I'm not comfortable taking him anywhere earlier than say the eighth or ninth round. Yeah, I I would agree with you. I think if he falls to me in the eighth round, I'm I'm kind of happy, but I'm I'm also going into it thinking like I just got a really good streamer and I'm gonna have to stream. One thing that turns me off about Greg Olson too is if you look at his past. He's never scored more than five touchdowns, six touchdowns in a year, if I'm not mistaken, right? So he's never scored more than six touchdowns, so he's a producer of yards. Seven touchdowns in 2015, that was his monster year. He had 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. And that's what gave him the reputation. So he's never had more than seven touchdowns, so he needs to get you yards. As opposed to a guy like you said, you're taking instead Kyle Rudolph, and then a guy like Trey Burton, who I am absolutely... Falling more in love with every every single day, Trey Burton. They are going to use him like Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey lined up in the slot in 50% of his snaps last year. That is a ridiculous thing to think about if you can think about Trey Burton being in the slot. Yeah, I'm so in love with Trey Burton. I am, uh, Michael, I'm going to have to fight you in all of our drafts. Me and Michael were talking about it today, and we're in, in all the leagues we care about, we're almost we're in them together. Yeah. All of them. It's crazy. I have, to, I have to play against the Twins. I have to basically tell all my fantasy secrets to two people I'm playing in a league uh, with, and they have to do the same for me. Well, I've already we've completed <laughs> a couple best ball leagues. I'm in a. I also just drafted yesterday in a league, not with you. So I'm liking my chances without you and Jason in there. <laughs> uh, also, let's not forget they lost Andrew Norwell on the offensive line, and they had offensive line issues last year, and that was their best offensive lineman. And now they're going into the year with a lot of question marks on that offensive line, and I feel like if. I feel like the workload that Christian McCaffrey is going to get is a lot of what Greg Olson would have got if Christian McCaffrey wasn't on the squad. So I feel like those targets are going there. And I wouldn't take him before the eighth round. Let's see what his ADP is. Greg Olson's ADP is 602. So stay away. I think he's going in the sixth round. Stay away from Greg Olson. I'd so much rather in the sixth round grab someone like, say, Alshon Jeffrey, whose ADP has tumbled since the injury news. And then grab Kyle Rudolph or Trey Burton later, 7th or 8th round. Here, the next guy we're going to be talking about is a guy that I was drafting in all my drafts and that I've told you guys that I want to be drafted in every single mock draft we've done on this show. Um, But when I was mock drafting, he was being taken in the ninth round or the 10th round. And then the preseason started, and he jumped aboard that hype train and has gone up. We're not going to say how far he's gone up, but he's definitely higher than that 10th round ADP. And that is Jimmy G's number one target, Marquise Goodwin. He is one guy that has really been shooting up draft boards. Michael, how do you feel about Marquise Goodwin this year, and where is your draft price right? So Marquise Goodwin. I was, I was, I texted Timmy and Jason the other day. I was like, yo, guys, honestly, there's like a million players that not a million there's been like seven to ten players that we've all hated going into the year and that we've loved going into the year and no joke all the players that we've loved have skyrocketed up adp isn't it kind of crazy yeah guys like marquise goodwin uh Killen cole chris uh, hogan chris hogan mike williams rex burkhead rex burkhead and then uh, players maybe the biggest league. that we hate like say ronald jones uh rashad penny like these rookie running backs are going super high uh 
I'm, I'm blanking on other people, but they shot down. And so I was like, yo, next year I'm investing money and I'm just joining a bunch of leagues early on in the year where I could take advantage of people who don't get it and I'm going to win a lot of money. But that was a different story. <laughs> it, just, it was just frustrating. That is a humble me. flex. Yes. I Maybe it's the Brodo effect. Maybe, you know, all these listeners that we... we by the way, our listenership has really been great so far we really want to thank you guys for spreading the word um most listeners in our history so far in these uh in these episodes leading up to the draft so you guys checking in with us to get your draft tips and all that stuff we appreciate it and uh stick with us hashtag in brodo we trust uh follow us on twitter as well at brodo fantasy for everything else but for now brodo league coming soon brodo league definitely coming soon it's your shot we have two announcements at the end of this show so please stick around till the end because you are going to want to listen to stick, these stick announcements around. but for right now marquis goodwin back Michael, to marquis goodwin because that was just i was supposed to be talking about marquis goodwin and then all that happened marquis goodwin was an absolute beast with jimmy g their their rapport is clear he had three receptions and 61 yards uh in week two of the preseason He's just burning everyone. Fun in. fact, all three catches converted a third down. Very nice. So even more of a rapport builder. He's just burning everyone in practice. Since Jimmy G took over, he's been the clear number one. He averaged over five catches a game the last six weeks last year. He had a touchdown. His yards were... He had 962 yards last year, and he only had Jimmy G for, what, five games, I believe it was? And he was... CJ Beathard and company were are not even close to the quarterback that Jimmy G is. He's the number one there. Kyle Shanahan is going to he's a great offensive coordinator. Well, he's a head coach. He's a great play caller. Uh I expect Marquise Goodwin to have a great year. He's going in the fifth round in drafts now, fifth, sixth round. And I'm okay with that. So where would you take him? Um early late fourth, early fifth. I'd I'd be able to take a shot on him there. Late fourth, early fifth. That's if, a little if high. I'm feeling it. I was on the Marquis Goodwin bandwagon, but that's a little high for me. I'm not gonna lie because you know what worries me with him. I think he's gonna get the yards. I think he'll be the main target. What worries me with him is the touchdowns. He's not a touchdown machine. He's a speed guy. It's okay. I'd be very happy getting him in like the sixth. His ADP is five twelve. The last pick of the fifth round, sixth go. round. Yeah. I would I would like Marquise Goodwin as my wide receiver three, I think. Anything before that would be too much. I'd be okay with him as my wide receiver two if I started the draft, say Saquon Barkley, uh Devontae Freeman. And then you go and grab someone like in the third round, maybe get Goodwin in the fourth. Oof, or that's fifth. That's rough. That's rough to get him. No, in the yeah, fourth. then if you grab him in the fifth, he could be your wide receiver three with two stud. Running backs. So. Another guy who uh, hasn't really had a chance to build any rapport with anyone for the last few seasons, but is also getting on that hype train as he returns. Uh, Josh Gordon, the athletic freak of nature that lit the league on fire and then lit his next three years up into flames. Um, you know, whether that's right by the NFL or not is another question entirely. But say off the weed. Yeah, you know. I, listen, we could talk about the politics of that another time, but what we can talk about right now is Josh Gordon. Uh, he just reported to camp. If you watched um, Hard Knocks this week, they had a little montage of him working out and running, and like as like the savior arrives next episode, <laughs> and it's it's Bone gonna be alert. it's gonna be fun to see him play. So, Michael, 
What's your outlook on Josh Gordon this year, and what's your draft price? Listen, anyone who says they have any idea of what's going on with Josh Gordon is lying. He He's giving updates on his life, but you really have no idea what's going to happen with him going into the season. He hasn't really practiced. He hasn't played yet. He hasn't built any type of rapport with Tyra Taylor or Baker Mayfield. But with that being said, he is an athletic freak who led the who led wide receivers in fantasy points playing 14 games his last full season. Last year he came back after not playing for 3 years and had some very nice moments. But it's just it's tough to trust him going high in your draft, someone who is like pr- quite possibly the biggest question mark of all players drafting this year. I can't see myself taking him higher than like the fifth round. I'd be okay depending on how my team turned out the first four rounds. If I love it, I wouldn't be against taking a chance on Josh Gordon there. 42 targets in five games last year, but that only converted into 16 catches. Well, Deshaun Kaiser is an absolute trash monster. Everyone is a trash monster, but he also has new <laughs> weapons around him. Uh, Carlos Hyde in the backfield with Duke Johnson. Both know how to catch the ball. And then you have uh, Jarvis Landry, obviously. A possibility of Des Bryant. Des Bryant's trash, too. He's a trash ball, too. Antonio Callaway. So, like, you have other options in that offense. For me, if Josh Gordon is my wide receiver, too, I'm only doing that if I can guarantee a wide receiver three. Like, if I can get Alshon Jeffrey as my wide receiver three. Because he's now dropped into the into the fifth round after his injury scare. So if I can get a guy like that as wide receiver three, I'll take a chance on Josh Gordon in the fourth round. And that is what his in draft price. fourth round? As my, yeah, as my wide receiver two. I would take him in the late fourth round. And that's exactly what his draft price is right now. 409 is where you're probably going to catch Josh Gordon in your draft. So if you want Josh Gordon, you're going to have to reach for him. He just got back, but he's such an athletic freak that right away he's there. Um, I know Jason's not here. I know Jason would have probably been on the yeah fourth round Josh Gordon train, but I don't I don't know if I could do it here. It's funny you mentioned Jason because I'm about to bring up a guy that Jason absolutely loves and whose ADP probably but Jason is having a giant boner just watching his ADP fall is Doug Baldwin, Jason's guy. Um, he was being drafted in the early second round last time we did a mock draft. This time around, it's fallen a little bit. Won't give you the exact one. We'll, we'll say it a little later. Um, Michael, what is your outlook for Doug Baldwin? Does the knee injury scare you at all? Dude, Doug Baldwin is dropping in drafts because there's a chance, a slight chance that he misses week one. Say he does miss week one. He'll be back week two. Whoop-de-doo. There's no buys week one. You'll have a bye week fill-in. It's really not going to hurt your chances that much with the depth of teams going into week one. But Doug Baldwin literally has no one to steal targets from this year. Tyler Lockett is healthy again. Wait till he's hurt in week three. Oh, Jimmy Graham's not there. Guess what? Doug Baldwin had 14 touchdowns last time. There was no red zone threat on the team. Paul Richardson got signed in Washington. There's literally nobody there besides Doug Baldwin. Nobody who's an actual threat. In fact, I have some actual numbers for you. 116 catches, 20 TDs, and over 1,200 yards were removed from the Seahawks last year with the loss of Jimmy Graham, Paul Richardson, and Luke Wilson, the tight end, combined. Yeah. That's a lot of targets. And I am definitely going to be over the ADP on this one. Uh, 
drafting higher than his ADP is what I'm saying. So where would you draft him? I'm going to say his ADP is great because I would draft him in the late second round. You would draft him in the late second round. He's Right now he's going with the 305. Yeah. So you would draft him above that. If I could if get, I get him in the third. Oh, my God. Yeah. Another guy who I'm getting in the third, Jarek McKinnon. Like his ADP has drafted him and Jarek McKinnon in the third is are going to be the biggest steals of your draft because of these injury scares. And you have to take a chance on guys like this. If let's say that I'm that I'm in the late second round, right? And all the running backs that I wanted are off the board and all and I really can wait on a receiver. If I'm going like David Johnson and then I end up getting Rob Gronkowski, a guy like Doug Baldwin is the perfect fit in the end of that third round. Like I just love that. That would be nice. I wouldn't be against that. Here's a guy that, honestly, still continues to boggle my mind how he completely continues to rise up draft boards. Last mock draft we were doing, he was going in the four, in the fifth round. He went in the fourth round of our mock draft, and we both said, and we all said that was too high, and you'd be drafting a ceiling. Somehow he's made it up. I won't say exactly where, but Bengals running back Joe Mixon, everyone's favorite guy this year. Um, where would you take him, and what's your outlook on Joe Mixon this year? Dude, Joe Mixon, he has not even been good in the preseason, yeah, and his ADB just keeps skyrocketing higher and higher because people just love the Joe Mixon train. Yeah, Joe Mixon, he's so good. Draft Joe Mixon, he's going to have a breakout year. Whose voice is that? Everyone. That's <laughs> everyone's voice just mashed into one. He has 17 rushing yards on seven attempts in the preseason. Are you surprised? Because I'm not. I'm not surprised that he's not having a good preseason. I'm not surprised because he didn't have a good season last year. I'm not surprised because his offensive line is mediocre at best. Yeah, sure, they added a Trash. couple guys. But yeah. Trash. They, they have a mediocre quarterback in Andy Dalton. Gio Bernard is healthy. He played much better than Joe Mixon when healthy last year. And all these people who just, they're drafting Joe Mixon, expecting him to be a stud who could lead him to a championship when that's, going to be the opposite of the case people are drafting him at his ceiling and you don't draft people at their ceiling that never works out because best case scenario he matches his adp let's look at joe mixon this way because the reason i think he's so high in the adp right now is because he is the bell cow he's going to be on the field for all three downs right so that makes people like that opportunity but in case you were wondering about how mediocre the Bengals' offense was last year. They were 31st in plays per drive last year and 31st in yards per drive. That means not only were they anemic, they were anemic going three and out. They were anemic not moving the ball at all. They were literally a stagnant offense. He only had 3.5 yards per carry, and he did not He did not do anything to— the team did not do anything, excuse me, to really improve that. Now, can the Bengals be good? Well, if Andy Dalton has a bounce-back season— if Joe Ross ends up taking the next step after he was drafted, after injured last year, if Tyler Boyd ends up being a really good slot receiver, if Tyler off, uh, uh, Eifert is healthy, if Joe Mixon can be the guy that he is supposed to be, that's a lot of ifs. Yes. That is too many ifs. Up the gazoo. It's just too many ifs. And as a Mets fan, I can tell you something. If there's a lot of ifs, ifs on your team, you're going to suck. Because too many ifs is just too many. And Joe Mixon has just too many ifs surrounding him. Michael, where would you take him if he fell to you? I'm not taking him in the first round. I'm not taking him in the second round. I'm not taking him in the third round. I'm probably not even taking him in the fourth round. Wow, that's harsh. He's Dude, still a bell cow. 
Like he's still almost guaranteed a thousand yards. Even if he could walk backwards into a thousand yards. I don't. I don't think I'd go for him earlier than late fourth round. Fourth which is way later than his ADP. Yeah, fourth round. How do you know, huh? You're not supposed to be studying because the ADPs before I wasn't this game. Studying ADPs is just that <laughs> Joe Mixon is someone burned into my brain because every time I see it, I just want to like squeeze people and be like, Yo, "What are you doing?" Like I saw uh, someone that I follow on Twitter who's like this. One of these big like fantasy guys, and he had one of the ugliest drafts I've ever seen. <laughs> and I didn't want to. I'm not gonna say his name because he has like a following and shit. I don't want to be a douche. But like he drafted Joe Mixon, uh, in the second, Sammy Watkins in the sixth, Jarvis Landry in the fourth. It's like this is one of the ugliest drafts I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that has the potential to be bad. And he has like this huge following, and it just it boggles my mind. Good good players on bad teams are the easiest trap. To fall into, yeah, but drafting Jarvis Landry in the fourth, like, well, to phrase it, the Browns threw three fades to him the other day yeah. from the one yard line. Like, what are you thinking? What are you doing, Browns? What are you doing? The Browns will Brown, dude. <laughs> I haven't watched Hard Knocks yet because I just got back from Europe. I'm gonna watch it. But Hugh Jackson, as a punishment to Antonio Callaway, made him play the whole first preseason game. Are you kidding? How is that a punishment? You're I, literally giving him the chance to show that he should be on the field. Well, I think it was uh, Julian Edelman quote tweeted it like I'm about to start fucking up or some shit. Like, are you kidding me? YouTube.com/slash Veterans Minimum. If you want to see my thoughts on that, I got a whole video just just railing on how I got Jackson. I gotta, what are you doing? Watch that. I've been I've been out of the loop for too long. Like, what are you with doing, the, with Joe Mixon? Like, I mean, not Joe Mixon, Hugh did, but Joe Mixon, two points ten. Tenth pick in the second round. Like people are taking Joe Mixon over Jordan Howard. Ugh. People are taking Joe Mixon over. I've seen him go in front of Devontae Freeman, Christian McCaffrey. People are taking Joe Mixon over Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. Yeah, I was just gonna say. AJ Green. Like I've seen this in drafts. <sighs> Michael, don't be that guy, please. Don't be that guy. Uh, here's a guy who Michael mentioned as a guy that we thought it was a sleeper in the seventh, eighth round when we were doing our first ever mock drafts and has steadily climbed in ADP. Not really for any reason other than people just kind of notice things late. Oh. Something that we noticed like Look really at early. Look this. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hogan. He's yep. going to be the number one wide receiver in, in New England. There's no real threat to his ball target numbers opposite him. He's got... Philip Dorsett and Eric Decker and and what's his name is not going Julian Edelman's not going to be ready till week four. So you got four weeks of a guy whose only real competition for passes is Gronk. And one of the reasons why I really love Gronk in the second round this year is because of that. Um, I took Gronk in the second round of my draft yesterday. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely take him if I was in the back end of the second round, like if I was picking around one through four. Like if I could, if I could do like David Johnson. Rob Gronkowski, Jarek McKinnon, I am going to blow a load all over every all the place. But anyway, uh, Chris Hogan, if I can get him on the on that turn, then I'm really gonna skyrocket across the moon. Um, he's the number one receiver in, in New England. What do you? We've been talking. He's, we've we've been singing his praises for a while now. Yeah, uh, like you said, he doesn't have really any competition for targets because I don't I don't even really think about Gronk when I think about Patriots targets because you know Gronk is getting targeted. Like, you're just, you, you just got to move that to the side. You just got to predict Tom Brady's throwing projections as subtracted from Rob Gronkowski, and it's still Tom Brady. So that is equal to a very good quarterback anyways. And he is the number one receiver there. I don't think everyone 
who is drafting Julian Edelman high. I'm I'm not touching Julian Edelman at all, no matter where he is. He's going to be back after four weeks. He literally hasn't stayed healthy in years. He hasn't performed. I, I don't see how he's going to come back and just perform at levels that he did when he was at his best and Wes Welker levels. It's not going to happen. Chris Hogan now has that role. And Chris Hogan is the number one for the Patriots, which is a very, very nice position to have. Over under eight touchdowns, Chris Hogan this year. I say he finishes with like 1,000 to 1,200 yards. 1,200 is the, like, if he performs very well with like eight touchdowns. I don't, I don't think he goes over eight. That's a wide receiver one. Yeah. I'm a bold prediction. Ready for this one? Chris Hogan outscores Mike Evans. Whoa, that is bold. Bold prediction. Talking crazy now. What if they get Teddy Bridge? Teddy Bridge. Playing well for the Jets. He also can't throw passes farther than four yards. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love you, Teddy Bridge. Not really. Just because you're a Jet, I love you. Until then, you're just going to be back on my, you're not a very good quarterback list. Sorry, bro. Oh, but yeah, I'm taking Chris Hogan late fourth, maybe even mid fourth, depending on who's there. Just because... People aren't going to draft him earlier than that. So, let's reveal the price on Chris Hogan. It's four eleven. Ding 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 ding. Michael would take him above his ADP or yeah. right at his ADP. So, yeah. um, and that ADP has skyrocketed. Right. It has skyrocketed from like the seventh, eighth, sometimes ninth round earlier in the year, and nothing has really changed. Like I said, except for the fact that people are kind of noticing. I got him in like a sixth round yesterday. It was glorious. What? What made what made that happen? Uh, I got him. I, I had a best ball draft where I got him in the sixth round, but that was way earlier. I kind of reached for him. Yeah. Very glad I did. Um, Carlos Hyde is our next player. Uh, Browns. Rocky the, Mountain Hyde. The Browns runner has looked good in the preseason, scored a touchdown um, in his last preseason game. Last season with the 49ers, 240 attempts for 938 yards, eight touchdowns, 59 receptions. So if he PPR machine on the low. A lot of people don't think of Carlos Hyde as his pass catcher, but he definitely was last year. Duke Johnson kind of has that role for the for the Browns, but Tyrod Taylor loves checking downs to his running backs and to his tight ends. That's another reason why I'm a little high on David Njoku this year. Um, Michael, what do you think about Carlos Hyde this year, and where would you take him? Carlos Hyde is someone who I had lower in my rankings, uh, who's been steadily climbing in my brain. He will it will be reflected in the rankings coming out in a couple days. Um, but he's still not someone I'm going to reach for. Yes, it looks like he has a clear path towards early down work for the Browns, but he's still in an offense that Hugh Jackson runs. One, two. Duke Johnson is still the third back, uh, third down back. And we saw yesterday, Carlos Hyde had, in the first half, he had 15. He was on the field for 15 uh, plays, first and second down. Duke Johnson had four. Uh, Chubb had one. And then third downs, Duke Johnson had like 18. Hyde had like two, and Chubb had zero. So Chubb is clearly the third guy right now. I think Hyde, based on his contract and just on skill set so far in his career, has earned the early down work in Cleveland. But like I said, there's still Hugh Jackson. There's still... No third down work. Uh, there's still the possibility of him slacking and Nick Chubb stealing some work from him. But he's someone that I could consider in uh, late eighth, early ninth round. Not anyone. I wouldn't go higher than that. Wow. Carlos but, Hyde, late eighth, early ninth, huh? Yeah. I know people might draft him higher than that. He was going later than that earlier in the year. But uh, I still don't feel very comfortable going higher than that. 
For Carlos Hyde, the price is six oh eight. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking in the sixth round the running back who has no path to third down work or on a team. That's how about not the Browns. A, how about in a completely standard league? Are you willing to take him in the sixth round at that point? Seventh ish. Because I, I mean, feel like no one really plays standard leagues anymore. It's just it's old news. Yeah, it is. But you know, there are still people out there who play standard. Yeah, it is called standard. At the end of the day, not not for long. It is the standard. Um, all right, so I'm going to send a little twisty on you, Michael. A little twisty, a little nip twist. You twist those nips a little bit. I'm going to give you a little curveball. The next player we're looking at is not a player. In fact, it's an entire side of a team. The Jacksonville defense, who scored like wild animals last year. That they did. People are reaching for this defense, and they are burning draft capital on this D. Michael, do you reach for a defense in general? And specifically, do you reach for Jacksonville's defense? Okay, so if there was ever a time to reach for a defense, it's probably now the Jaguars' defense. Interesting. You're you're not scared of the fact that they're – look, in the AFC South, everyone's improved. Every offensive – Andrew Luck is back. Deshaun Watson's back. Uh, You have Matt LaFleur from the Sean McVay coaching tree in Tennessee. Uh. Even when Andrew Luck was at his best, he turned the ball over a lot. Uh, I know I'm pretty excited about the Titans' offense too, but still, it's first-year guy. You don't know exactly what you're going to get. Never and, called plays before. Yeah. And the uh, the Texans. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's way better than Tom Savage, but the Jaguars' defense last year was one of the best ever. And it's not like they lost key pieces this year. They're basically bringing back the same defense with the same chemistry and adding a lot of guys. Yeah. Their first round pick was a defensive tackle. Yeah. And they, uh, I, I never reached for defenses, but then yesterday, uh, as I said, I was doing, it was a 12 man draft. The first nine rounds I had like, I went Kamara, Gronk, Thielen. The first nine rounds I was set. And then I was like, do I want to take someone like Bilal Powell or someone like, Oof, I don't know, like a, a James Washington or something like that. A little early for James Washington, but or do I want to lock down my defense and not have to worry about defenses at all? And I chose Jacksonville defense in the middle of the tenth round. Interesting. It's like the first time I ever reached for a defense, and I was okay with it. And that because, was, and that's you'd say that's a reach for the ten tenth round. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know some people would say, "Oh, I'd take Jacksonville in the eighth round or something." I know some people do do that, but. Uh, I just, I can't, I'm not going into the single digits for a defense, man. Come on. But once I hit the 10th round, I was confident in my late round flyer guys. So I was okay with taking a defense there. For me, one of the most enjoyable things to do in fantasy is stream defenses. Like I just do it because it's fun. I like doing it. I would never reach for a defense. Personally, I don't have a history of reaching for it. It's very hard to predict defenses from year to year. Like Jacksonville was the highest scoring defense last year, but they were also like the eighth or ninth off the board. So, I mean, I'm sorry, the Eagles were the highest-scoring defense last year. It wasn't even the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, they're going at 8-12, man. 8-12. Average draft position. So, I guess I didn't reach. Average. Now, you're talking about there's drafts that people are taking them in the 10th, like yours. That means there's people taking them, like, the 7th. What? What are you doing, man? Yeah. Get your shit together, bro. Get your life together. <laughs> Stop drinking so much. 
Yeah. That's, uh... <laughs> Stay off the weed. <laughs> Basically. All right. So we got Shout two more Stephen guys. A. That's the second. Stay off the weed. <laughs> we got two more guys uh, on this show. The draft price is right. This guy is just added to the mix. Last year came in, signed with the Cardinals, was productive in some of his games that he played. Adrian Peterson, the newest member of the Redskins. Michael, are you drafting Adrian Peterson at all? And if so, where are you drafting him? The answer to the Adrian Peterson question, just as last year, is that no AP is greater than AP. Mm. I mean, the dude is clearly washed. We watched him last year. I mean, he had 150 yards in a game, though. Yeah, he had 150 yards in a game because the Cardinals decided, let's give it to him 30 times. And yeah, sure, he broke out some runs, but then he also had games where he had like 12 yards because he's just not that good. He's he's old. He's slow. He doesn't break tackles anymore. Nothing nothing against AP because he's one of the best running backs of all time. Hall of Famer. But the fact that the Redskins signed Adrian Peterson over Orleans Darquois is a joke. Darquois was solid last year for the Giants. He but wasn't great, but he was good. Doesn't that show you something, though? No, it's just that it shows me that organizations are still ridiculously dumb and will make ridiculously dumb decisions. Just like John Gruden going out to sign Dominique Rogers Camardi because why wouldn't you sign a 32-year-old cornerback on a team where you've already signed 47, 30-year-olds to start the season? Like, and, that is the most Raiders off-season thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and they're shopping Khalil Mack. And they're shopping, yeah, let's get rid of our best player by far. Rumors have him to the Jets, which is exactly oh what you do when you oh got a quarterback on oh a rookie contract. Oh boy, oh boy. Don't get me started. Oh man, Don't me get me either, started. Man. Imagine him and Sean Lee, Avery oh Williamson. Yeah. That's the best linebacking core we've had in a while. Yeah. I'm not I'm not complaining. With that secondary, all of a sudden. I'd be willing to trade a lot for Khalil Mack. Me too. Third round pick? Second round pick? I trade a first round pick for Khalil Mack. You, first, you trade a first round pick? Dude, you're getting you wouldn't trade a first round pick for. I mean, it's very rare to see a first round pick trade in, in the NFL. It's not for a quarterback. Yeah, I'd do it though. You're not getting anyone. It's very rare you get someone at Khalil Mack's caliber, and the draft is a toss up most of the time. Interesting. It's the money aspect too, though, because if you sign Khalil Mack, you got to sign him to a long term deal. Yeah, well, so we it's got hard Sam to give Arnold on a rookie contract. It's hard to give up a first round pick plus all that I money. I said bold prediction on Twitter like two weeks ago. Maldo Man put some fire. Put some fire on Twitter. The Jets go eight and eight. I'm with it. Yeah. I mean, look, the Jets are one of the more slept on teams. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Jets fan. The defense is Dude, real. The fact that like Vegas and company had them as like the worst team. Not anymore. Yeah, but like they moved up a few years, uh, a few years, a few weeks back. Yeah. It's like is this a joke? I agree. What are they doing? But uh, what player were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we we're talking about AP. AP. Yeah. The answer is never AP. So if I had to take him. It'd be in like the fifteenth round. Oof. He's going thirteen oh one. So people are yeah. taking draft chances. Taking yeah. a draft chance. If you're gonna take a chance that late, draft someone like James Washington. Draft someone like Jordan Wilkins. So if you're keeping tra- if sorry, if you're keeping track, that's ten. And we were supposed to do ten. But then Michael's like, yo, we gotta fit Jamal Williams in there. So Michael, tell the people what you want to tell them about Jamal Williams. Uh simple simple enough. Uh Brandon McCarthy basically said that. Brand, you keep saying Brandon McCarthy. You're pulling a Mike Tim. Mike McCarthy. I'm pulling a Tim. You know what it is? You're Dude, fantasy. I went to Europe Michael, I just want to let you guys know, Michael is thick tip fantasy baseball right I am, now. I am in deep. Thick tip. In deep in there. He's just he's <laughs> just going balls deep in so many leagues, it's crazy. Like He's either in first or second place, just dominating 
dominating leagues. In every league, it's great. Even the <laughs> league where I drafted Chris Bryant, who has been hurt a lot. I drafted Gary Sanchez. I drafted Corey Seager like, as my first three picks, and they all have been pretty trash all year, and I'm still in first by a lot. That's what happens when we got the Brodo now. It's Brodo Fantasy, yeah. don't forget, we're still out here for fantasy baseball. A lot, of, a lot of humble bragging going on. <laughs> it's because I left for three weeks, so, you know. I've only, I only missed one episode, though. Got to remind yourself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, who are we talking about? Jamal Williams. <laughs> Jamal Williams. Uh, Mike McCarthy basically said that Jamal Williams is going to take a big leap this year. And he talked about how he was a three-down back in college and that he has the capabilities to do that. So it looks like it's going to be Jamal Williams' job going into the year if he has a big first couple weeks, which can happen. Uh, he could be a steal at his draft price, where he was he was going double-digit rounds at some at sometimes. Uh, yesterday, I got him in the ninth round, which I thought was a great. That's a great value. steal because he's going to be at least a starter for the first two weeks. Yeah, at least. And, uh, Mike McCarthy, he likes. He's shown time and time again that he likes having the one running back that basically takes most of the work for the team. He did it last year. Even though he had all three guys, he always just chose one to be the guy each week. And uh, it looks like it's going to be Jamal Williams' job to lose going into the season. So I'm willing to spend like a late 7th, early 8th on him. I'm not going too high, but about about there. His ADP right now is 704. There you go. So, so I'm about You're a little there. bit lower than the yeah. general public, but still right on the par. Late 7th is about like 708, so... I'm basically on par with it, a little lower, but yeah. So that was our game show. Ready for this? The draft price is right. Did I win a car? No, definitely not. You won the car you're going to give me a ride home with later today, which is your brother's car. I gave you a ride here. You know what's funny? Uh, (laughs) Jason is in Europe, and and my brother Johnny is uh, going to Curacao on vacation tomorrow. So we're just hijacking our brother's cars, and we just have our brother's cars. Shout out to everyone who remembers the episodes with Johnny in it. The first, like, seven ever. Sneed! Sneed! So, um... For the OGs. We have some announcements to make for you. The first one is the Brodo Fantasy Leagues are going to be starting up soon. Watch out for Twitter. Uh, last year, our listener league was so successful and we had so much fun and the guys in there were, got to know each other so well that we ended up making a Dynasty League. We ended up, Not a Dynasty, excuse me, a Keeper League. Keeper League. So we're, get, we're renewing that Keeper League, and we're adding another Listener League this year. So we got that and the Listener League. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Also, for all you Brodo fans out there, a major, major, major announcement. Next week, we are going to be going absolute ham for you. That we shit crazy, dog. We are going to be giving you an episode. Every single day, we're going to start recording on Monday. We're going to drop an episode every day that week. Five episodes in total until your draft on National Draft Day, which is Labor Day weekend. uh, National Draft Day around the United States of America. And we are going to drop episodes. We're going to be going over our consensus top 20 quarterbacks, top 20 running backs, top 20 wide receivers, top 20 tight ends and defenses. (coughs) Excuse me. Then we are going to be doing a mock draft and giving you guys our hat hangers, which are guys that we are going to hang our hats on this season, kind of like guys that we are riding or dying with this season. Giving you, you sound our, a little like Matthew McConaughey there. It was nice. Ride or die. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. 
in my Hyundai or whatever he says. In my Lincoln. <laughs> the Lincoln, yeah. <laughs> so drive a Lincoln. Big time Brodo coming at you the week leading up to the National Day of Drafts. Uh, please stay tuned for that. Also, uh, the Veterans Minimum. Uh, not, uh, we're going to be showing the Santa Gato Studios draft on the Veterans Minimum channel. We are, for that. we are going to be doing that live draft here on next Thursday. Thursday night. Next Thursday night. Um, it's going to be bananas. It's going to be great. And get home... Uh Thursday night. Well, you think we'll upload it Thursday night, or how long you think the draft's gonna take? No, relax, guy. Relax. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm only, I'm only one man. All right. Get home, eat some, <laughs> eat some dinner, <laughs> go over the sit draft, sit down, and then watch the draft. <laughs> so, uh, please tune in for all those things, uh, and for anything else, Brodo and Fantasy, you can hit us up. So, Michael, where can they find you? At Mike underscore Patrop everywhere. You could also ask anything that you possibly need at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, also at Tim Patrop on twitter and instagram but only at jason patrop don't forget about me michael you just cut me off you hear jason my... all the way from europe he's mad loud i can't believe he reached here man i'm really disappointed Frisky. damn no michael it's too late you can't make up for it all right you I, can't I, make up for it i messed up also we're I gonna messed have up, man jason for all five episodes that's right so you're gonna get all the jason you could possibly handle and his vast knowledge and well of fantasy football so uh yeah so be on the lookout. Uh, for those. Stay tuned for the rankings. Oh, as well. and the rankings are going to be updated, obviously, before we go into our top 20 players. So the rankings will be updated by Monday. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be sharing that on Twitter. Anything else? It will be updated again. Right before uh, the, the, right season before starts. the season starts. And then we're going to go from there. And, and uh, for those of you who are new to the show, first of all, welcome. Second of all, we also have every single week for Brodo, we go over every single fantasy viable player. In the league, every week. That's right. So stay tuned every single week to get your advice from us, the Brodo Bros. Brodo Fantasy in the meantime, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. Until then, sayonara. And since oh. uh, we talk about every fancy relevant player, you're not going to be hearing a lot of Joe Mixon. <laughs> Peace. See ya.